We talk about. <laughs> this is a really good start. Should we try that one again? <laughs> if you only if you want, I really liked the vibe of it. I liked how it felt. Yeah, this is bucket. I don't it care that natural. much. Um, <laughs> uh, we talk about uh, whatever we want, really, whatever topic we want for the episode, and then we make a piece of art at the end. Um, how are you feeling today, Joey? Ah. Uh... That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Short and simple. Short and simple. Uh, I'm currently buying a house. Um, and so my my mental health is just very tenuous. Like, you could play a, a nice tune on it by twiddling your thumb across it. A little twang. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, land owner, real estate. True real estate. estate real estate it's not free everybody no tim and eric awesome show great job wants you to think but it's only two million Um, yen which is you know that's not actually that bad i'm gonna plant a tree well yeah because it's also back fuck japan so (laughs) back fuck japan (laughs) where they fuck on their backs everybody knows this this is not news Um, as you've surely guessed by now, today's episode is about dyes, but not about dying. (laughs) Well, kind of about dying. Um, dyes like pigments. Um, Joey, do you have, do you have just like general, before we get into like uh, topics, like, what do you know about dyes? How do they come up in your day to day? Um, in my day to day, well, I wear clothing a lot that I presume has been dyed. Um, at least once. Um, let's see. Back in high school, one of the first crafts I decided I wanted to learn was how to make indigo dye myself. I don't know why. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and then I looked into it because I thought it was just like like using writ dye. I was like, I'll just grow the indigo and then it's like free writ dye. And then I found out that there's, like, a whole alkali process there. There's, like, chemicals. It's It's a complicated art. And science. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't learn how to do that. But instead, I did get really into modifying my t-shirts by dunking them in writ dye. What about you? That's much more hands-on. I, like, I mean, like, I did, like, tie-dye and stuff growing up. And I actually, like, don't really care for tie-dye. The fact that it's kind of (laughs) trending right now is, like, like, there's good and there's bad tie-dye. I think that, like, when you do it yourself... There's still like an amount of like like it's like, kind of fun, you know. It like mm-hmm. looks kind of shitty to me, but I think that it's fun when you make something for yourself. So I'm willing it to It looks shitty, like... but I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, and actually, I'm big like, into tie dye. I make really? a lot of tie dye for my work. Um, one of the things we do is we do like a, a English camp, um, and like one of the activities is we give the the instructions for how to make tie dye in English, and then just sort of set the kids free, and we make tie dye with them. And I'm good at it i make some good fucking tie-dye let me tell you you know the you know the tricks my older sister is really good at it too she knows like special like not or like ways that you tie it to make different Mm -hmm. designs from everything i know about your older sister uh that tracks (laughs) i like the camp 
Does she go to camps? She seems like someone who would um, go to camps. I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, Probably not any more than like I did. I don't know if that was like. <laughs> did a you go to camps? <laughs> I did. I remember the first camp that I went to was this Christian camp in like middle school where everybody Same. smoked weed and like <laughs> it was like there was it was by a lake. It was pretty chill. Um, I'm pretty sure the two friends that I was with, if I remember correctly, ditched me the whole time because they were trying to get fingered by these two shitty dudes who would like. I think they brought alcohol with them. And, like, at the time, I was, like, kind of pissed, but, like, now I'm an adult. I get it. Yeah. I hung out with this really hot camp counselor. He would just survive off of those five-hour energies, but oh. he called them cat piss because he said they tasted oh. like cat piss. Oh. Um, so I tried one with him because I thought he was hot, and they did kind of taste like cat piss. Yeah, so. they do. I used to, when I, I went to cons, like, conventions, I used to chuck five-hour energies I don't know why. It was bad. They don't taste good. <laughs> they don't taste, taste like good. They're not... They, they, sleep tastes a lot better. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the truth? <laughs> Delicious compared to that. Um, <laughs> but, um... So, like, I, I know of, like, some dyes. I remember, like, in college, during uh, this mycology program I was a part of, we got to uh, do this workshop where this person was teaching us how to make dyes out of certain mushrooms like mm -hmm. some of them go off like really great pigments that when combined with like certain metals and salt and like other like other chemistry has to go into it to like yeah better process the dye um like you can dye a lot of like protein based like fabrics like synthetic stuff doesn't work as well but because it mm -hmm. uh binds to keratin if i remember correctly and Same. i was thinking about it at the time and i was just like oh well hair is primarily made out of keratin right i think like that's like the whole yeah. thing that's, and i was just it. like that's I, what it is my hair was bleached at the time like kind of blonde and i was just like i wonder so i dumped my whole head into oh. this bucket of mushroom dye and it did kind of take i think if i like held it there for like hours the color would have come in but like it just kind of toned it like mildly like because it was a red pigment mm. or it might have been a blue pigment so it just kind of like I think it just made it a little bit cooler or whatever, like cool as in like the shape yeah, of color. Yeah. No, but I also looked really cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love your your willingness to experiment with your your hair in in that way, just dipping oh your God. head I... in a mushroom bath. I really fucked around and found out with my hair. Like <laughs> I I really wrote it hard. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think dyes are really fun. I mean, it's one of the oldest, like, things that humans have done and, like, we still do today, right? I think that we take it for granted now because so much, it's like, so many things are colorful that now people, like, are really into, like, stark white, like, minimalism. And I'm mm. fucking sick and tired of it. I hate, I hate, I don't hate minimalism, I hate Western minimalism, because they think, like, oh, so, like, as nothing as possible, when I think, like, a lot of, like, different, like, non-Western, I hate the term Western, because it's, like, not actually geographically yeah, accurate, but you really know what mean I mean anything. when I say it, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean when I say it, so I'll use it, but um, non-Western minimalism is, like, it's like a lot of detail with a lot of negative space, but there's still a lot of detail there. The negative space, like, mm -hmm. is to like it's to perform or uh, some sort of function with the like mm -hmm. well detailed thing. 
Whereas I think a lot of Western minimalism is just like barely anything there. And I fucking hate yeah. that. <laughs> and when that's done with like home decor, it pisses me off because I think that it's just like impersonal. Like I don't find it cozy in the way that like mm-hmm. like my home is very like colorful. Like I mm-hmm. color coordinate a bit, but for the most part it's just like I just want a variety that looks nice together. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of neutrals in between like bright spots of color to like not make it like you know attack my eyes but yeah um, yeah yeah i think we take dives for granted now and i think that um you know we we've obviously gotten a lot better at making dives because they used to <laughs> they used to fuck people up a little bit <laughs> we didn't we we tried a we really like tried to just i mean i'm sure we were just like crushing stuff and just like boiling it <laughs> and like seeing what would happen like this is like some real oonga boonga science in the beginnings um and i think that like the fact that we've got better at it now i think is great because less people are dying from just having colorful things i don't know if that's controversial <laughs> personally i love getting fucked up on carmine red is it carmine red i'm looking it up right now and i'm not sure there's a few reds that um they like uh, i was looking into carmine some, so, red like... is okay it's used in food there are some okay we're, we're there's like you jumped around like three different things that i'm gonna eventually talk about so i'm just gonna <laughs> jump into the first one all right so like a lot of like the oil paintings like the pigments that were used during the renaissance that i was looking mm-hmm. into a lot of them are made of like crushed gems like lapis lazulis for blue and aquamarine yeah. um and like other gems for like other pigments right Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, because the paintings, a lot of them weren't sealed properly. Like, you know how you seal over a painting yeah. to, like, help preserve it? A, a lot of them would uh, off-gas, like, arsenic. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> some people got poisoned from that. Hence um, the curse some painting of them were... obsession. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's obviously kind of cool, because, like, a lot of them were super toxic and not sealed well. So, like you could get fucked up but like as i was kind of looking into it too like there was so much other shit trying to kill you back then oh just, yeah like in your home i loved a like, like sealed environment lit exclusively by burning gas <laughs> <laughs> and like this is like i mean they were putting like malachite for like green and some of the pigment but this was also mm-hmm. if i remember right like people were really like using malachite for like glassware which like yeah. when it's wet is poisonous and it just did um <laughs> and like Someone was talking about, like, lead poisoning that was happening with some of the lead-based paints. But mm-hmm. I was also looking into, like, mercury poisoning. And oh, people yeah. would actually, at the time, put mercury in wine because it helped improve the flavor. Oh, yeah, it's so, a big like, clarifier. <laughs> so, like, they were just drinking it. So I'm just, like, I feel like, like, you know how people are just, like, oh, I'm going to go back in time and make a old peasant drink for loco and, like, see them go crazy. Just, like, no. <laughs> they're drinking straight up poison they don't give a shit about whatever you're gonna do to them <laughs> to be fair mercury is dope as fuck if i saw it for the first time and it's like a metal and a liquid like i'm drinking it <laughs> you're just gonna drink quicksilver <laughs> it's a little sippy <laughs> just a sippy because i've been a good boy <laughs> mumsy i've been mumsy. a good boy let me put, please put the mercury in the my wine i do so love it and here's the thing though the alternative for clarifying wine was like egg whites and who wants to put eggs in wine that's gross 
I I actually love like an egg white cocktail. Like a lot of sour builds are like they add egg whites to it. The thing is like it doesn't taste like eggs. It just like it adds like a like a textural thing yeah. to the drink. I'm for that, honestly. I've like I'm recently getting more into like ordering cocktails when I do go out. Um mm-hmm. and like there's a few really good cocktail bars in my area and I always try to get something new and I've been surprised by some egg white ones because I was really turned off by the idea at first of thinking like there's gonna be some curled ass eggs in here or like <laughs> something. I was suspicious, but I've really come around. I think it's pretty good. There's one that I think it's called like a dark and stormy that yeah. this uh, place was making. I don't know if that's an actual cocktail or it might have no, been like is. a ripoff of that. That's a big one. Oh, I'm probably thinking of something different because I think it was like some original name they made, but maybe it was like based in that same one. Anyway, it had, like, a lot of, like, nutmeg and, like, other spices in it, and it was, like, so warm and welcoming. Oof. Loved it. I love an egg white. I love to drink egg. <laughs> I love to drink egg. I but love not drink mayonnaise. egg. I just... <laughs> uh, fuck. I... No, I don't. <laughs> I'm not like you. If there were a drinkable mayonnaise, like they make drinkable yogurts, I don't think I could jump that train, but I know you Get would. Get on it, you cult! <laughs> Should I you fell really... off my chair? <laughs> I feel like you would be a great spokesperson. You'd, like, you would Jamie Lee Curtis your way with, like, QP mayo, <laughs> and, like, do, like, a go-kurt, but, like, a go- a go-yo, oh, mayo-go. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add a little bit of lime juice though and I'm in does that make I mean that's basically a yogurt then right kind of <laughs> that's, nope it's like a sterile yogurt at that point oh uh, no <laughs> I... <laughs> possibly it possibly is <laughs> well speaking of creepy crawly gross shit I don't find them gross I think a lot of people think snails are gross snails mm. And slugs are some of my favorite animals. Um, I see them, and I see myself in them. I, too, am kind of slimy, and I feel like I look weird. But I persist riding my slime forward through the world. Um, (laughs) Riding my slime everywhere. Everywhere I go, yucking it up. Um, There there was a really specific pigment in a book that I was reading. It's from the uh, Dreamers trilogy or series, because I think it's they're adding more to it. It's by Maggie Stiefvater who did, like, the Raven oh, yeah. Boys. Um, I... They're really good. I've only read them... Uh, I jumped on the train just recently, and I am now all caught up and waiting on the new book, and it's insane. I... <laughs> <laughs> I was not a reader as a kid, but now I go hard on audiobooks, and mm. now I'm one of the people who, like, keeps up with book series and is upset because books take a long time to write. Yeah, they do. <laughs> It's like a year-long process. Minimum. Yeah, so you're just... <laughs> That's actually you're just really left good. hanging. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in it, it talked about a specific purple called Tyrian Purple that's very beautiful. Mm. It's made from a crushed marine snails um this was made these this type of dye was uh being produced in ancient greece it's from a species that is i believe now extinct uh bolinus brandaris um so these people they would gather thousands like collect snails by the thousands uh they were boiled for days in a giant lead vat and they produced a terrible smell the snails they're not purple to begin with they were uh 
they would just heat use heat and light and just cook them forever to like extract this like beautiful vibrant purple out of them. Yeah, these are really beautiful. I like the plum. Oh yeah, like it's a stunning color. Um and the fun thing is is like this smell would last a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it it would like hang out there, as I understand. Um <laughs> But like now with synthetic dyes, like we can make dyes like this. Like we no longer have to like harvest these innocent invertebrates and like like kill them off to make dyes, which I think is cool. But like <laughs> there's something I don't know, I I like the like part of like this time when you were like just having to make do with ever with whatever you had and like creating something beautiful out of it. I think it's cool. I think obviously like this is a this is an issue of like this is this is harmful to their population. I am pretty yeah. sure they're extinct, but at the very least, I'm... like it did like decimate their numbers. Some of the some I'm reading about it right now. Some of the species of sn- snake fucking snails are extinct. <laughs> But it turns these snails don't seem like the good guy in this story. You know where this purple comes from? They secrete mm. a, a sedative so that they can predate on various other creatures. But but here's the thing: you don't have to kill them to get it. It's more labor intensive, but you can milk these snails. <gasps> you can milk the snails. You can milk Snail the snails. Milk. I love that. <laughs> also, I'm not gonna ascribe morals to that. I like. There are yeah, a lot of like predatory snails, and like that's also another reason I like them. Some of them are pretty badass. Some of them shoot a fucking dart. Some <laughs> of them are rangers. <laughs> <laughs> this one's fucking poisoning people. I kind of love that. I love that for her. She's a rogue. Um, is there anything you want to bring, Joey, or should I go into the next thing? Um, related to Tyrian purple, or dyes, or whatever. So here's the thing. In my in my current life, I actually don't have a lot of interaction with dyes. What I do have a lot of interaction with is inks, which are probably I mean, different. Are I, I didn't look it up. They might be different. <laughs> I'll look it up real quick. Hold up. <laughs> versus... What did you say? Inks? Inks. I mean... <laughs> uh... Man, this sounds like some nerd shit. I said I would look it up, but I'm not. Yeah, I was just gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just gonna read a wiki article, and I'm, just, I'm not gonna do that. Actually, that's what, that's what I was doing about snails. I don't look look them up ahead of time. I'm, I'm learning as we go. Um, but <laughs> so I I do most of my writing by hand these days. Um, and the reason I got like really into that is because I went into a stationery shop once and they had just a whole bunch of fucking ink. And I was just obsessed immediately um, and bought way too much ink. I got a bunch of bad brands that I never use, even though they're like really good in theory. If you take a cotton swab and like swipe the inks on paper, they look gorgeous. Like some have glitter in them, some have just a really good color. Um, but once you put them in a pen, they're they're useless. The, I'm gonna call them out. The brand is Tom and Limbs, really popular get, in Japan and Korea. Set their ass on fire. Set get them on their fire. asses. I at least the the ones that Light I used up. are they're just way too watery for any fountain pen I've used or dip pens. Uh, and the ones with glitter in them just clogged up my pen, which I should have expected. Um, pens aren't made for glitter, but I liked the idea that there was glitter in it. 
Anyway. <laughs> Wait, so are now you just I use... collecting gel pens as an adult because I think that's very fierce. <laughs> I'm not. I'm making my own gel pens. I'm inserting that's the ink into better. a fountain pen. Um, but that didn't work. So instead, I use uh, two brands I really like: are Sailor's Iro, Irozuku, Irojuku, Iro something. Um, it's their like J- Sailor's Japanese uh, ink line. And then um, what I use primarily is the Pilot's Japanese incline, which I don't have next to me, so I can't read it. Uh, oh, no, that one's Iro Shizuku. I don't know what Sailor's is. I can't read. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of inks. I got a lot of fountain pens. Um, and that's actually, like, what got me into writing is I really liked, like, when you put, like, your, your own ink into a pen, it produces a really like, a depth of color that I just started really enjoying writing with. I really liked that there was, like, this tactile aspect to to writing things out by hand, and then I got to see, like, when I got excited, I pressed harder with the pen so the ink flew more, or flowed more, um, and created, like, a deeper color than when I was just, like, writing normally. Um, oh, you're a pen pervert. I'm a pen pervert. Um <laughs> And so, like, <laughs> like nowadays, we're all used to... These days, kids are all used to their ballpoint pens and their their micro-tips and their whatevers. Um, that all sounds like sex euphemisms. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you just... You don't get... You don't get, like, this tactile aspect that really got me into fountain pens. So that's all I use right now is fountain pens. Um, my kids love it. They keep stealing them, and then I tell them how expensive they are, and then they give them back, which is nice. Um, Why do they call them fountain pens? Because I'm no expert, but I rarely find them by fountains. <laughs> they are, in fact, a fountain themselves. They don't usually have that type of converter anymore, but you used to be able to, like, flip a switch and make them shoot up all their ink, um, which probably oh, I've wasn't seen a that feature, in, like, but... 80s comedies or yeah. whatever. That used yeah, to be, like, just... a whole, like, physical gag. Yeah, people don't realize, like, people were using fountain pens, like, regularly, like, in the 80s. They're They're, like, they seem, like, really old now because our generation is so used to, to like, ballpoints and stuff. But, like, fa- ballpoints are really new in how widely they got adopted. Um, they, like, mm. they were introduced in, like, the 50s or something, but didn't get popular until, like, the, the 70s and 80s. Um, I might be making that up. I read this article a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did choose to make a podcast because we just really like lying, so. Yeah, that's true. That's why we're here. (laughs) Uh, But it's not not just, like, your your grandparents who might have used a fountain pen. Like, there's a good chance, like, your parents would know how to. Yours in particular. This ain't your grandpa's pen. (laughs) This ain't your grandpa's pen. Except it is. Um, Anyway, so I have, like, five different fountain pens and a whole bunch of different ink. I use dip pens, too, when my fountain pens run out of ink and I don't want to refill them um mm-hmm. and it's just i really love ink i love shopping for ink i love how textural it is and how you get like variations in color while you're writing um and i think it's swell and more people should have ink <laughs> give the people ink. <laughs> give the people stop, ink. stop not giving the people ink <laughs> i want everyone to go out there go out there right now and buy yourself a bottle of ink for any reason. For any reason. I didn't... Maybe when you I, need to make a hasty escape and you can throw it in somebody's face. Like, I bought... I didn't bring fountain pens here when I came. I had a couple back home. But I didn't... 
I didn't like buy ink for my fountain pen. I bought my ink first and then I like had to sink a hundred dollars into a fountain pen. Uh, <laughs> because I just found this ink I really liked and then it turned out not to work because it's that stupid Tom and Lim shit. When I say it's really like there are like one shelf at the, the stationery store I go to, there's one shelf dedicated to all the other brands of ink and then two shelves to Tom and Lim's and they're shit and I don't get it. I do get it. They have really flashy inks, but they don't work, so don't <laughs> we fall gotta, for the hype. <laughs> you need to start, you gotta start reaching out so you can become a pen influencer. You gotta bring I, this to Twitter. I can't be late. Trust me, trust yeah. me, trust me. The pen influencer culture is big. There's, Wait, it's, that's I don't, real? Yeah, I don't actually know how big the market is, um, but I'm thinking like, Watering um, is the name of someone on Instagram and Tumblr who I follow. Uh, someone else, I don't know. I can't remember any of their names right now. But it's a big thing. Um, and when you're a pen influencer, you have to be able to do calligraphy. <laughs> you oh, have to. People want to see the pens write something cool. Yeah. And my hands shake, and I can't yeah. write pretty. <laughs> well, call tragic. them ableist, and then they have to do something <laughs> woke at you. It's true. I become a pen influencer <laughs> by just scribbling on the paper. Cool. <laughs> it's a nice sound. I really like, I used my scratch pen, my scratch pen, my dip pen um, yesterday. And the scratch it makes on paper is so nice. Give me a second, I'm gonna... You're gonna do some ASMR. Yeah. I hope that came that through on my... scratchy. Did you hear it? I heard it. Oh, that's going to be so loud on my <laughs> my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Just the mic. Uh, well, I love that. Maybe one day we'll care enough to look into the difference between ink and dyes, but I feel like, because there's like, you know, there's probably dyes on it. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as I continued my, my research... Um, I wanted to look into, like, certain food dyes, because obviously, like, mm -hmm. uh, that's, I think, where a lot of people have kind of, like, negative connotations or, like, feelings about dyes. Um, I don't know if you, like, heard it. I'm sure you did, but, like, I don't know if you noticed or remember. Yeah, yeah, like, people don't food like red really... number or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did look into that one specifically, because I remember that there was, like, a red dye that was, like, connected to causing issues with, like uh pregnant people um but i was looking just into like just some of the ones that like what their ingredients were a lot of them a lot of them were made of coal tar or petroleum <laughs> products um so no wonder a lot of them caused like cancers and allergies in people but what mm -hmm. really like i never heard this before but i also like don't really pay attention to stuff around ADHD a lot of like people have been trying to connect food dyes to like worsening ADHD like nobody's making the claims like this causes it but people do really want to make claims that like if your child already has ADHD their behavior and like attentiveness will worsen like when they eat food dyes and like I like, from what I was is reading, there... I actually found, like... <laughs> is there results for that? Because that sounds well, fake. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because, like, I was just like, this sounds fucking fake. This sounds, like, crazy. But, um, so, I first was looking into, um... Because I found a couple articles. I'm still not... Uh, basically, I'm still, like, not entirely convinced. But, um, 
In the early 1970s, Dr. Benjamin Feinhold, Feinhold? I don't know, put hyperactive children on a diet-free artificial food additives and diets. Uh, so, like, he, he took kids who he either diagnosed or suspected had ADHD, mm-hmm. um, and he put them on a diet where they got no food dyes. Um, their symptoms were reduced, he claims, symptoms being, like, their, like, lack of attentiveness, their, like, uh, emotional instability, I think they called it, basically, like, mm-hmm. their stress tolerance. Um, they, the thing is, like, some clinics supported these findings at the time, but since then, there have, there have been more rigorous empirical studies yeah. conducted, like, over the course of 20 years, and these did not have the same results. Mm-hmm. Um, research on the role of food additives in contributing to ADHD, like, they just kind of stopped happening as much. In recent years, it's been a bigger thing, like, just within the, like, last, like, five, ten years. A lot more people are interested in it. Um, more recent research and public petitions. In December 2009, the British government requested that food manufacturers remove most artificial food dyes from their products. And I actually remember hearing about that, like, uh, it was like uh, during like the EU ruled that a lot of the products like don't have food dyes in them, like mm-hmm. tricks and like other cereals and like other things that we get here with like food dyes are not dyed over there or like they're it's just different. Yeah, um, yeah. And basically, the article that I was reading summed up their feelings on this by saying that the situation's like complicated but this might have something to do with it they were saying that there may be observable like positive effects by not having like food with dyes in it um Mm -hmm. but like it's not a panacea adhd is a multifaceted disorder with both biological and environment environmental underpinnings and Mm -hmm. like i I kind of agree with that. This was a the article I was looking at is artificial food dyes and attention deficit hyperactive disorder uh, by Robin B. Kanarekin. Kanarekin. Mm-hmm. Can you read that for me? Kanarek. Oh yeah. Kanarekin. 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 And like yeah, because at first I think I had the same reaction as you, where I'm just like I don't fucking think this but i was was like thinking more about it and i'm just i was like reading some of the ingredients in food dyes like over the years and i'm just like "Mm, maybe but it can't be the whole thing and i think like if you do break it down to the components of the food dyes like it's kind of just hard to tell what's going to happen in the human animal sometimes and like yeah certain substances react differently in people so people are always trying to find like a an easy fix to neurodivergent children yes my hackles were raised for that reason yeah it's mm, it it feels like maybe there is a connection there but is what if we instead we just focused on how to like provide support for kids with adhd you know like yeah i like specifically for the parents like it's a valid valid avenue of research i'm sure but like when you're a parent, instead of, like, focusing on cutting out food dyes, maybe you should focus on, like, helping your kid cope with with ADHD. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this really preys on, like, a well-meaning parent's desperation to, mm-hmm. like, alleviate any hardship that their child is experiencing out of their control. And, like, yeah. I feel like whether or not this is intentional, I feel like this is kind of at risk of, like, trying to give them an easy answer to a complicated problem. Yeah. 
And, like, this, it's also just, like, that joke of, like, uh, like, you know how people are, like, messed up about, like, I gotta cure my kid's autism, so I'm putting them yeah. on this diet. It feels kind of like that. Um, that being said, like, with many, like, medical things, there are some diets that have observable improvements in some people. Mm -hmm. So it's not completely out of the cards. I just think it's good to be cautious. And it's also, it got me thinking too. So like, uh, my boyfriend, he has ADHD. It like has affected him his whole life. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. it's something I know about him. Many of my other friends have ADHD. It's cool. I'm not worried about it, but, um, you've probably noticed it too like a lot more people either have a diagnosis or have been self-diagnosed with adhd Mm -hmm. and obviously some people like i'm trying to not be gatekeepy about this but it sounds so gatekeepy in my head (laughs) i just think some people like have just grown up in the modern age like with a smartphone or a computer Mm -hmm. and like they just have less attention like i feel like there's obviously adhd that is like like that that's just straight up like yes that's a fact some people have a harder time with their attention than others and like the other affiliated symptoms but i also just feel like the standard for like human attention is just different now because of like Mm. our access to so much else like so much other things to like watch to keep our attention to look at like so much more stimuli is the word i was looking Mm -hmm. for and, like, that sounds so gatekeepy and kind of like ableist. I'm sure there's a better think piece on this, but, like, I was curious if you have <laughs> thoughts that you're willing to expose yourself to the public about. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, from what I understand, like, it, like ADHD, one of the most recognizable symptoms is the, the attention deficit. Um, but, like, what a lot of, a lot of what I've read from people with ADHD online, I like, obviously, (laughs) take it with a grain of salt, Um, is that it has more to do with um, having, like, a a differently oriented nervous system. Like, uh, I think it's usually described as, like, a a dopamine-oriented nervous system or something. Um, That the nervous system is just more reliant on those immediate um, rewards um, than, than, like, a a neurotypical um, nervous system would be. Um, and so in, in that, in that way, like, I think, what am I trying to say here? What am I trying to say, Bailey? <laughs> it's hard, right? No, <laughs> it's like, hard. That's, that's the thing that we're kind of talking about is like, it's not an easy issue. And I think like yeah. a lot of people want to do a quick fix, which is like, just cut like sugar out of their diet or something. And like, yeah. I feel like that, that, cause that's the thing is like, they're trying to prove like this is happening, but also like you can see how it doesn't happen for everybody. Like. It's a it's mm-hmm. a complicated disorder if you want to call it that. There's, is there a better word for that? No, I mean, like that's what it's called, like there's like, yeah. It is a it's a neurodivergence, but um, there's like yeah. two types of neurodivergences. There's ones that are disorders and ones that aren't. So like autism isn't a disorder, but a lot of people consider ADHD a disorder because it comes with uh, negative symptoms that affect yeah. your life outside of like how society affects your life. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think that like. It needs to be, I guess, looked at in a more complicated manner when talking about, like, things that could potentially improve it. And I think for the most part, that's well done. But a lot of, like, 
like I was re- I had to really search for like some dot orgs to like read about this. There's a lot of dot coms <laughs> that are like making some claims, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> this is full disclaimer. Dot orgs can also be making claims. Oh, for sure, for sure. But like, there is at least normally some like grander attempt of not being like yeah. a horrible capitalist about it. <laughs> <laughs> they're less they're less inclined to sell you something most of the time I yeah guess. um yeah so those were like my thoughts on that little rabbit hole they kind of like the only last thing i really wanted to hit on um i'm kind of jumping back to like the first thing that we we're talking about with like these dyes and pigments that like they come like with these like uh like poisonous side effects to put it lightly mm-hmm. i guess um and I, I've heard recently on a different podcast, um, a Gorilla Radio Show, which is great if you like our show, because it's also kind of bad, but they talk about monkeys. Um, they had the artist who did their cover on, and uh, they were talking about how uh, it's known for many painters who don't wear gloves just because of, like, the chemicals that they're using in their craft, like, they just experience, like, poisonings or, like, eventually paralysis Mm. in their hands. And I kind Mm -hmm. of, like, I kind of wanted to open this topic of, like, that idea of, like, doing art for, like, doing art despite suffering and then doing art for suffering's sake. Because I think, Mm -hmm. like, there's this, like, romance, obviously, that, like, I have and I'm sure many other people have of, like, the deadliness of some of these pigments like i think it's cool as shit basically i think poison's rad <laughs> like i poison's cool. uh, like i am a botanist by trade and i keep like an herbarium and whenever i get like a sample of like a known poisonous species i get a little giddy about it um <laughs> <laughs> so like i i guess i, I kind of wanted to open the floor to you of like what do you kind of think about that in terms of like art um yeah i think um that it's cool that technology has developed in such a way that it's no longer necessary to to (laughs) paralyze your hands to paint you know um like i think mm, i get the i get the romanticism of it i have never felt the need to like physically suffer for my art i think it's just like i think i think there's a narrative there right (laughs) Like, there's, a, there's, like, a tragedy that people crave when hearing about it. About, like, I'm a painter, and the thing that I love is slowly stopping me from being able to do the thing that I love. Um, and so, like, it's fun to, to like, think about, a, like, to go back, think about, think back to Renaissance times and think about a story of this, like, tragedy that happened to painters. Um, but it's just not necessary now. And you do get people now who are like, God, I wish I could use you know, this, this lead dye that, um, (laughs) I can't use nowadays because of dye manufacturing restrictions. And it was so much beautiful back then and it was worth it. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure most of the painters who were like injured by, by these pigments, um, probably don't agree that it was worth it. If they had access to, to a better yellow, they probably would (laughs) have. I'm sure they would have loved to have not gotten poisoned by the yellow they used. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. If I'm being honest, I don't get the, that I want to suffer for my art. I like making art because it makes me happy. Yeah. I I want to make art and be happy. I think like, (laughs) that's my hot take. I think at like, 
when I was much younger, like I was obsessed with the idea of like dying for art, but not, like not in like the fun punk way, but in like the very like <laughs> melodramatic way. Like I think about that uh scene in oh, I forget which John Waters movie. It's one of the ones with Divine. Uh, might be mm. female trouble uh where she's on stage and she's just like who wants to die for art and someone stands up and she's just like me then she shoots him <laughs> like <laughs> like that's fun and cool but um i i was really into sylvia plath at the time so i wanted to belt art myself um <laughs> so like i think that now art is more of like a celebration thing like i do it and like i crave it because i think it's a thing that humans should do and want to do in like a Mm -hmm. healthy way so like reading about some of these pigments i don't have any craving to use any of them i think too the fact that like we figured out ways to kind of mimic these maybe not exactly but like in a safe way is Mm -hmm. good (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a net positive i think it is good good job society (laughs) that being said like i think um I think there is value, not in, like, recreating necessarily poisonous pigments, but to, like, I think there's there's also an element of, like, poisoning going into, like, modern pigment creation, if that makes sense. Like, the, the, the mass production of, of, of pigment and, and art supplies in general, like, mm. you know, there's, there's something to be said here about industrialization and, like, all yeah. these things getting made in one country and then shipped off to the rest of the world. Whereas I think it is cool, like, I, <laughs> poisonous pigments aside, I think it is cool to, like, make your own pigments or look into that if it's something that your medium supports. Um, yeah. Like, making making okra or lamp black is actually relatively easy. Um, or, uh, I can't remember what's... There's, like, a black ink made from oak galls, but I can't remember what the type of black is called. Makes like a warm black. That's really nice. Um, You're reminding me. I almost wanted. I I obviously like had a lot of notes, and we got to move to the second part of the thing soon. But I almost like started taking notes on Anish Kapoor. Um, he's oh, like God. the bean dude, and like he, I think like, is a good example of like some of the. He makes cool shit, but he's like a capitalist about it. Yeah. <laughs> is, if I'm remembering him correctly, because there's like a good guy and a bad guy, I think he's the bad guy. Or is he the good <laughs> he guy? Is, uh, in the Stuart the Semple baddie? and Kapoor narrative, he is the baddie. I don't know either of these men personally and do not know what their deal is, but he is the baddie yeah. in the. I've actually I, um... I've seen one of his pieces. Um, where was I? It was probably in Japan. I don't know what museum I was in. Um, but he has like this piece where he took that incredibly black paint and painted the inside of um like a uh, 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 an oval shaped thing there's like an oval shaped thing like a, a sculpture is what that's called an oval shaped sculpture with one end cut off and the inside is painted from this black and you start from one end of a hallway and slowly walk to it and it was actually it was a really cool piece because it just looked like this hole that was slowly widening in in the wall. Um, that is so props cool. to him for making a cool a cool exhibit. <laughs> I wonder because he makes like one of the darkest blacks called Void Dark, I think it is. It's like one yeah, of the blackest black. Yeah, like he makes a lot of cool pigments. He doesn't. Like, to be fair, I don't think he makes it. I believe a a firm invented it and he <laughs> bought the rights to it. Oh, uh, he's Elon Musking dies. Fuck, he I is should've... Elon Musking dies. <laughs> Fuck. 
Well, shit. With that, let's take a break and make some art. <laughs> All right. Well, hold wait, hold on. We got to do ads. Um, when Coca Cola, do we have to bleep that? Would they sue us? Probably not. I don't think Coke's listening. <laughs> Big, <laughs> if you're listening, I love the sudsy bubbles. You make it. I love doing lines of Coca Cola. I pour it on my counter, <laughs> wow. and I sip it out of a straw. And it gets me hype and ready for business and buying stocks and cryptocurrencies um, and NFTs. So thank oh. you, Coca-Cola. So I'd like to use this time a little bit. I don't personally drink a lot of Coca-Cola, but in the Coca-Cola vending machine by my house, they got rid of Costa Coffee. Um, and it was the only vending machine coffee I liked. And the other day, I ran out of coffee in my house, and I went to go get a Costa coffee from the vending machine, and it wasn't there. Um, so fuck you, Coca-Cola. So fuck you, Coca-Cola. <laughs> we're changing the direction of this ad now. <laughs> this is now an anti-ad against Coca-Cola. <laughs> All right, see you guys after the break. All right, we're back, 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 back again, ready to do an art again. Did you like that? Yeah, that, was that wasn't good. my was art. That your art. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Bonus. <laughs> bonus art, Bogo art is what we're here for. Um, <laughs> I don't remember who went first last week, and it literally doesn't matter. Um, how do you feel, Joy? Do you want to go first, or do you I think? To? Yeah, I can go first. I think it was you last week. Okay. Um, Have I haven't it. edited that yet, so I don't know. <laughs> Great. So I I dipped into my Tom and Limbs and had a breakdown about it, but <laughs> that was a quick breakdown. Yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> You're efficient. <laughs> I bought this ink because it reminded me of the sky. Turns out the sky is hard to capture. Fucker. Words don't work for me, at least. It's velvet dark, but like when you're doing a craft and you spill glitter across the table, or like tiny beads. You get it, right? That's it. I love that. I love that ending. <laughs> that ending really reminded me of like when I had to do a like presentation before I graduated high school, and uh, I was like observed by a fucking substitute teacher as if they know fucking anything about me. As if they ever <laughs> knew me. Um, and the, he kept a tally of every time I said, you feel me? You feel it was me? more than it was more than 30 times. <laughs> <laughs> I my like personal journal written by me for me, who theoretically knows what I mean at all times, is filled with, you know? <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm just writing an end every paragraph with like you know <laughs> i mean i do know in fact it's that like base level human desire to feel understood and like checking and feeling. Like, I'm, I'm being clear right like you get it <laughs> i also like that it had a swear word in it yeah uh good art always has a swear word in it but only it keeps one it edgy tasteful yeah yeah edgy it's but like, tasteful it's like PG-13. You can say fuck once and show a little yeah. bit of blood. And just like one nipple. One nipple. If you earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Are you ready for my art? I am so ready. 
Okay, so I wanted to do something structured, and so I was really torn between a limbrick or haiku, but I don't know how to start a limbrick that doesn't start with, like, there once was a, even though it's definitely not dependent on that, but that's just how my brain works. It's a vital part of the form. Vital. <laughs> essential. Um, so I went with the very, like, basic baby haiku the 575 um i know that there's more traditional haikus you don't have to at me i i get it but like i'm not a traditionalist so eh. okay are you ready yep crushed earth and creature made fluid and beautiful decorate our world i wonder if that counts as a real haiku that might actually. I mean, the vibe I felt like. I think. I is think that so, haiku has to be based around like a, a natural. Like what you image. see in nature, yeah. But I think it also has to be seasonal. I can't remember. Mm. But it was a good, non-traditional haiku, regardless. Thank you. Yeah, because like beyond just like getting the syllables, like I like just like the base things that I know about like haiku, like I know like pulling from nature and like what you're like seeing is like part of it. So like I, yeah, I did I did kind of try. So <laughs> I, and that's like honestly my philosophy of life of like hey I did kind of try. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> All right, Joey, I picked uh, this week, um, or today's episode. We don't do this weekly. Um, <laughs> yeah, God, I don't have I don't know why, that. Yeah, fuck that, honestly. Um, so you pick off of our ever-expanding list of topics. What is next? There's a lot. Did we add more? Oh, I always add more when I'm bored or like pooping at work on the clock. Nudity is nice. Love terror. I love that mushroom is spelled incorrectly for no reason. I did that. And that <laughs> is reason. Oh. I'm okay. glad I made a Mr. and Mrs. Smith reference this time because Angelina Jolie is in here and that was because I um had watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith that night. I mean it's a really it's a really sexually charged movie, I think. It, it is a up. sexually charged movie. It is a product of its time and it is not great. Um, <laughs> I think you're gonna go with underwear. <laughs> <laughs> underwear all right highlight it for me so we don't forget i did hell yeah uh, did we delete dies already i don't see it anywhere i deleted dies good i'm on, on my fucking job you're on your i know what i'm game. about yeah professionals only <laughs> all right well it's been a pleasure joey I can't wait to go into a little hibernation until the podcast gods rip us apart from our slumber and force us to speak into microphones again. <laughs> I can't wait to open up the little box I keep you in and mm. set you in front of that very mic. Oh, it's so cozy in there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening to Secondhand Thoughts. Um, I'm gonna do a second outro after this, so I don't know, even know why I'm trying. <laughs> no, I love it. I, it's even, <laughs> this is equality. This is what Ariana Grande meant when she said equality. Thank you for listening to Secondhand Thoughts. Intro music was Locked Up, parentheses, Chowder Time, by Kaleidoplasm, from the album Tangerine Amoeba Apartheid Heartbeat 4. 
provided under Creative Commons, zero license.